Hi, and welcome to Connecting the Dots, another episode with me, Cassie Hubert. This is the podcast where we talk about motherhood, creativity, and all the ways that those areas are interlinked. So if you're a creative mum, whether you've been in the arts or out the arts, or whether you're just a mum who has a real heart for exploring connection and creativity, this is the podcast for you. So today's episode, I would like to talk about feeding your soul and growing your own creativity. Now, I don't know about you, but I love food. It is something I think I've always loved ever since I was a teeny tiny baby and I gained so much weight because I just enjoyed my mother's milk and the formula milk and all the milk that came my way because I had a real appetite for the good and the beautiful and things that would feed me. I had a hunger to be nourished and to be nurtured and to grow. And this doesn't change as we get older. And as children, obviously, we need to grow. We need to be fed physically. And obviously, as human beings, as adults, we still need to be fed physically. But we also really need to feed other parts of ourselves. The parts of ourselves that have ideas and get inspired We need to feed ourselves, our souls, our creativity with nourishing, substantial food. How do we do that? Something I think is really important to remember is that it's really okay to love certain things. Now, I know there is a huge movement in the world of food, uh, certainly when it comes to diet and exercise and nutrition, to feel like there are certain foods which are off limits and there are certain foods which are bad and there are certain foods which just aren't good for us and we should really avoid eating. Now, I think there's a real argument that all food is food and, you know, everything in moderation is sensible and there's wisdom in knowing what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And as I think I heard recently, everything in moderation, including moderation, which I thought was particularly brilliant, there is a lot to be said for taking away some of the moral judgments about certain types of food. Equally, as creative people, there is also something to be said for taking away the moral judgments on certain types of input. You might absolutely love one type of music or one type of art or dance or style. And it's first of all, it's really okay for that to be one of your favourites, even if it's not culturally as acceptable or as highbrow as maybe you feel it ought to be. If you love it and you can see some beautiful value in it, then great. We really need to remember that what excites us and delights us is usually something that is good for us. And, you know, if we're only ever dining on one thing, then perhaps we do need a little bit more variety because, you know, we do nullify our taste buds. And in the same way, creatively, if we're only ever feasting on one type of thing, then, you know, we are going to find our senses and our capacity to receive stuff is going to be slightly dulled. But on the other hand... If you love something, then it's obviously hitting a spot and nourishing you in some shape or form. You can probably hear my children in the background, just as a little aside, because um, they are evidently having an evening where they need to be much more vocal outside the room where I'm recording. Um, Hopefully it's not too loud. However, it is also really important that we broaden our horizons. So what are the things that already feed you? What are the things that make up your staples? You know, your rice, your pasta, your tomatoes, whatever it is that you would normally do. What are the things in your life that do nourish you that you already know? You know, one of the things I absolutely love to do is listen to audiobooks. I love being read to. 
And this way I get a huge selection of stories that I get to receive and enter into and discover the world of. I also love to dance and I love to move. And when I get the opportunity to go out for a long walk or get out into nature in some shape or form and feel that sense of sky above my head and earth beneath my feet. And I feel really anchored and it really makes me feel better. And, do you know, even when it doesn't make me feel better because I've gone for a wander and it's taken me a while to unpack what's going on in my head and my heart, maybe I haven't really had any space that week and I go for a walk for 40, 45 minutes. And in the process, it takes me almost... 30 of those to really feel like I'm tuned into myself. I'm still sort of slightly frazzled. My brain isn't firing on all cylinders. If I'm talking to God, I, I don't even find it easy to connect with him. I'm sort of walking in a semi-zombified state. But then there's that point when everything starts to come to the surface and it releases me and it allows me the space and the headspace. But also it's more than just the physical, mental headspace. It's it's that being connected sensorily to the the greenery around me, the smells in the air, the light, the, like I said, space above my head, that feeling of ground beneath my feet that's not obviously uniform concrete. But even so, it's something about being much more immersed in the natural world that helps me tune in to that part of me that remembers that I'm an animal rather than, you know, robot. However, it will take time and as that stuff starts to come up and out of me, I can be left feeling less joyful than maybe I hoped I would. But there is something about the connection that even if what I've done is allow a whole load of messy, entangled bleh from the inside, which has been sitting there anyway in the background and I've managed to override or ignore because I've been busy or just dealing with what's in front of me, actually giving myself the space for that to start to draw to the surface, even if it means that rather than coming back from a 45-minute walk feeling really joyful and happy and freer, you know, I might almost feel worse, but there is more freedom in really examining and being present with what is going on on the inside of me that will eventually, maybe with a few more walks or a bit more space or just, you know, talking it out with my husband, will eventually feed me because it has brought something that I need to deal with or address to the surface. Something else that moves me and excites me is that feeling of dancing and that just makes me come alive. But equally, it's really good to go for things that I wouldn't automatically assume would feed me. For example... I remember years ago, my brothers were really into Wu-Tang Clan, Sean Paul, um, various other rappers and Dizzy Rascal and a whole bunch of people that I sort of would not have been particularly on my radar. And also they weren't particular artists that my parents were that excited about. And I know that that was a source of tension at times. But what was really interesting was that my brother always had a really good taste in music. He liked good music. Now, he might not choose to listen to some of the things I would, but he could always appreciate a good voice or a good sound, as could I. And so I remember one time we were road tripping down to a festival and he and I road tripped together and he played me a whole bunch of his favourite CDs. And it was really fun because I suddenly heard a whole bunch of music that I would never have considered before. And he ended up making me a couple of mixed albums, which was really fun when I found them a few years ago. We were moving house again and I dug some stuff up and had a listen to one of his mixes for me. And it was really lovely to listen to some of those again. And maybe they still wouldn't be my favourite, but there were some good tunes on that. Have you ever tried going to an orchestral event? 
Have you ever gone to a jazz bar? Have you ever tried going to a spoken word um, performance or even to a contemporary dance performance or something that was even a Morris dance? You know, something totally different that you might just find piques your interest, piques your curiosity and perhaps takes you in a slightly different direction. Maybe it won't become your greatest love, but it might just inspire you. A film I absolutely love that I haven't seen in a long time because it's so long and it's not quite age appropriate for my kids and as they don't go to bed, I don't get lots of evening to watch things, is Topsy Turvy by Mike Lee and it's such a good film. But especially if you have a love like I do for Gilbert and Sullivan and it's fascinating because it's about how when they wrote The Mikado, how that came together and how things were between Sullivan and Gilbert. And when Gilbert is sort of dragged along by his wife to this exhibition of Japanese artefacts, performances, culture, where they were. He was like, oh, got to do something. Went with his wife. But he found himself kind of curiously piqued and he ended up buying this sword, or at least that's how they show it in the film. And it's something that really triggered a whole new direction for his work. Now, if you know anything about Gilbert and Sullivan, there are certain um, set pieces that come together a lot and you see those woven through that's very specific of them as a pairing. And the Mikado is no different, but it's not quite so stuck. The Mikado is one of the ones that like the Pinafore and the Pirates of Penzance that have that panache and interest and slightly different. And, you know, the others are good too, but those are particularly famous for a good reason. And it was lovely watching that film because A, it's a really cool film and B, it told a story of a guy who'd got himself slightly stuck and then found something utterly out of his ordinary was the thing that triggered him into a new direction. And as a mum, there are so many opportunities when I get stuck thinking that what my kids are interested in or what they want to do next or just ways of parenting them have to be a certain way and have to be the same as I envisioned. And actually, the amount of times I've discovered something really charming, or even if something, say, they're watching that I don't like, there is something that I can see that they are getting out of it, which helps me understand them better, which ultimately allows for greater connection and greater understanding of one another. And as a mum, being able to come alongside and support them better because I am more aware of what excites them. And sometimes in the process, I have discovered a love for something that they also love. And there's been a shared enjoyment, which again, bonds us and deepens our relationship. So often we can get stuck thinking there's only a certain amount of things that will feed us or nourish us or inspire or entertain us. And yet we have no idea because last time I looked, I haven't sampled everything in the world. And I couldn't do even if I tried because there are not enough days, hours, months, years, etc. for me to do that, even in my life, which like I've said in other podcasts, I have potential at least another 40, 45 years to go, hopefully more. So therefore... Why am I afraid sometimes to step out of my comfort zone of what I like in case it robs something from me? Am I afraid I might lose some of my own creative identity or my parental control or illusion of because you're never really in control? Um, am I afraid that by saying yes to something that I will lose something of myself. There are occasions when something is toxic or unhelpful or unhealthy for us that maybe that would have that effect. But most of the time, the things that will draw us down a bad direction, for want of a better expression, that will draw us into something that is really unhealthy is when we fixate on things and 
suddenly that one or two small things are everything. Now, you can be absolutely passionate about dance and that can be your one main thing. And there's a whole load of you that would live and breathe dance for the rest of your life. And that isn't the same, though, as becoming obsessive. There is a passion and a zeal and a a hunger for good things that maybe means you have a bigger appetite for one thing. But if you are unwilling to taste anything else, you're unwilling to discover anything else, then you might find that you're missing out on something that would nourish you and take your growth to the next level. To go back to my original analogy as a baby, you know, I was hungry for all of my mum's milk and for the formula as well. I was just a hungry girl and I was desperate for more and longing for more and I grew exponentially at the time, which babies do generally. Now there is a point when we need to move on to more solid food and obviously as a grown-up I am able to eat a variety of foods and I still love lots of different types. But if I'd never tried anything new I wouldn't have discovered all these wonderful things that are out there for me. And there are still favourite foods I have. I almost titled this Ode to Pizza because I really love pizza but I don't want to eat pizza all the time. And even though sometimes it feels like that. You know, pizza and ice cream, wonderful, but you don't want that all the time because if you only ever had that, you would find you got stuck. Physically, your body wouldn't respond the same as if you had more variety. Creatively, what are the things that can stretch you? What are the places that can take you somewhere new? Pursue them. Give yourself the opportunity to try different things, to taste something and see. You never know, it might be full of goodness. It might be exactly what you never knew you always wanted. It might be just the thing to trigger your next project or give you insight. It might be just the, the nudge and the insight you need to deepen your relationship with your daughter, to figure out a way to navigate that difficult situation with your son or your spouse. It might be something that just excites you and you discover a new hobby it might be something that makes you so angry and you hate it so much that you're even clearer on what matters to you because you realize that this is not it or because you now realize everything that is wrong with the world was this thing but you're clearer and you understand better and you have grown I remember one time I had gone back to college to do the second half of my dance A level and there was a particular set of questions for the choreography that you could choose and one of them was um a collage that I just thought was stupid. I remember looking at it and it riled me and I'm not even entirely sure why it riled me. There was another question that sort of the, you know, the the stimulus that gave me, I have some ideas about this, but this one collage at the end was just really irritating and I'm not entirely sure what bugged me so much, but I just thought it was stupid and made me angry. Yet this was the piece that in the end I chose to make my dance out of. And it yielded so many ideas. I don't know to this day what it was that bothered me, but so often the things that either really attract us or really repel us are the things that we need to pay attention to. And creatively nourishing our souls and nourishing our creativity can sometimes mean having conversations or dialogue with things that really wind us up. Because there's maybe something in there that helps us get clear on why it winds us up or helps us realise that we've missed something. And you don't know what's going to nourish your soul until you try. Leaning in to opportunities to taste and see and discover goodness and creative insight. If you would like to support the podcast, then please 
hop on over to my website at createperformandmother.com. Click on the coffee icon and you can buy me a cuppa, which is always really appreciated. If you would like to connect further, then the best way to do that is to connect with me through my email list, where I send out a monthly newsletter with updates and insights on motherhood, creativity, connection, and all those areas that I talk about here. So if that sounds like your thing, hop on over to my website and do that there. Now, I just wish you a wonderful week filled with meaningful work, intentional family, and deep connection. God bless. God bless.